Hello and welcome to the For the Win podcast. I'm Ted Berg, joined on the line by my producer, Hemel Javeri. Hemel, how are you? I'm great, Ted. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm on vacation and I, I want to talk about it in a bit, but first, I've got an interview with Matt Perret, a catcher in the, the San Francisco Giants organization, and I'd like to uh, turn it over to that now. I'm with Matt Perret, catcher in the San Francisco Giants organization, and um, main uh, manager of a YouTube video channel. Why don't we start talking about that? Yes, so I have a YouTube channel uh, called Homeless Minor Leaguer, where I do sketch comedy videos about baseball and actually like some stuff not about baseball. Yeah, too. I liked like the most recent one was about Plinko. Yes, yeah, it was and about the, it, the wall. It was, yes, the, the NBC was, show, yeah. Um, which was very funny and oh, featured a fellow minor leaguer. Yes, well, also major leaguer, Ty Kelly. Yeah, so he actually got called up this past year. Yeah, so he's a... Uh, yeah, so Ty and I, um, he's like my creative collaborator. We're writing partners on a lot of the sketches. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun and it's starting to grow pretty quickly these past couple months. Cool. Uh, how do you know Ty? So I met Ty through Matt Lujan, who's a pitcher in AAA for the Giants. So he and I knew each other because we played together. And then I moved to San Diego in the offseason, so I connected with Matt. Matt was living with Ty. So Ty and I became fast friends with Matt. All three of us lived together this past offseason, and it was awesome. It was super creative, just great offseason. Great offseason. That's a nice segue, because like you said, the channel is Homeless Minor Leaguer. Yes. And tell me about uh, your homelessness, I guess. So, well, I want to start. So I read on the site that your first move came as a, as a junior or senior in high school. So, for what? When my I, first move. So you moved to Florida from Maine. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yes. So my senior year of high school, I moved to Florida and lived in a one-bedroom apartment. Uh, my mom was a flight attendant, so she would come down occasionally um, every few weeks and just check in on me, do some laundry. So you were mostly living alone as a senior in high school. Yeah, I was so. I, well, we My mom that. trusted me a lot. <laughs> okay. Because um, I was, I, I'm, yeah, I'm not a troublemaker or anything like that. I was very by the book, and uh, these are the rules. Like you can't break the rules or anything like that. So. Um, yeah, looking back on it, that's a lot of freedom uh, for a 17, 18-year-old to it have. It would not have gone well for me. <laughs> <laughs> but why? Why Why did you move to Florida? Uh, so I moved down there to, uh, you know, in Maine. Like, there's, gr there's great baseball players in Maine. You know, uh, Charlie Furbush is from Maine. Uh, Ryan Flaherty of the Orioles, he's from Maine. Like, there's good players up there. Um, but just overall, the baseball is not as good as in Florida. You couldn't name only two baseball players from Florida. Right, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, yeah, you, there's you a would, lot. Would be a much yeah, but per list. capita, I don't know. They might, they might have a yeah, pretty Florida good shot. Yeah, I think Florida still probably gets, yeah. gets made on that one. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I went down there. I was already committed to Boston College, and I went down there to basically have a full year in in the sun and be outside. Uh, and getting ready for college baseball and a result of that was that I got in front of a lot more scouts there's not a lot of scouts in Maine um, before the draft or at all and uh, 
I went out, I went down there, got in front of a lot of scouts, and I got drafted by the Astros in the 26th round, and then, yeah, so I had a decision to make and decided to go to college, and uh, it was awesome. It was a great decision. I wouldn't change it for anything. But you turned down money in that decision. I did. I did turn down money. Um, but if uh, the the inverse of that would be also turning down a Boston College education. Uh, Pretty much a wash, right? Yes. Yeah, I mean, Money-wise, yeah, and this was back before they had the the uh, rules about slot money. It, they used to pay guys way above slot in those rounds, so especially I, out of high school. Yeah, yeah so I, I got offered a good amount, um, but it just wasn't enough to, you know, not go to Boston College and get that education. What do you study? So I studied human development. So absolutely nothing to do with what I'm doing now off the field. Is that true? I mean, because I, I saw I saw also the video on, and it was, and, and I wanted to get to this a little bit later, but it was it was a fascinating video because you had the, and most of them, like you said, are, are sort of sketch comedy, funny things. I think you got a podcast that goes on the on the sometimes. Yeah. Um, but you also had this video about superstitions. Uh, it was sort of like from a very scientific standpoint. Yeah. So I I, I kind of dabbled in a bunch of different types of videos just to see what would work and what would work for my audience you know um, you try something once you're just testing it out try it a couple times um, and you see if it sticks uh, and I like doing those they, they were they were definitely they were more like video essays is what I'd call them than the, obviously the sketches and very two very different tones so if I'm gonna do those I have a secondary channel now that I'm gonna put all that content on. but Homeless Minor Leaguer is going to be sketch comedy completely. Like there's a, or just comedy in general. That's what's going to stay and live on that channel. The human development thing is, I mean, it's different than the sketch comedy stuff, but that's got to help for baseball. Right? It does, and that's um, something that's so fascinating about being an athlete is that there's so many industries that overlap, right? So if you look at, you know, athletics and tech, right? There's overlap. Wearable technology is, is so huge right now. It's it, um, then you look at the let's say finance, right? You know, managing money. Like that's something that I've talked about in my videos too. Um, and then yeah, and then even human development, right? So like the mental aspect of the game. There's so much overlap in so many different um, industries, and it's. I just I love making those connections, and I feel like that happened back in college when I was a sophomore, junior. That was kind of like the time where I started making connections. I used to have a notebook. I had two notebooks, one for like writing down stuff that would be in exams, and then another one that I'd write down one thing that I learned from this class that made me a better athlete, one thing that made me a better person, and one thing that made me what was it? Oh, a better student. And it, I'd, I'd start to make those connections outside of just this. So, say a class I got a C in, that like that was still a beneficial course for me because I got something out of it that applied outside of just the core curriculum that you know, taking exams and whatnot, and just studying for that. The superstition video I'm I'm referring to. People haven't seen it. It's uh it's about 
uh, how superstitious baseball players are, which is something you know I think a lot of baseball fans are aware of, and I think a lot of people sort of snicker at a little bit because a lot of times it seems really stupid. This guy wears the same underwear every day. This guy does whatever. But you made the point, and you used Wade Boggs, which is a great example of a guy who makes superstitions work for him. Right. Um, so you, yeah, and the opposite of that was Bryce Harper. I'm pretty sure I used as an example. He's eating Eggo waffles. Eating yeah. Eggo waffles, yeah, before every game. And that, like, that's not going to fly when you're 35. Like, mm-hmm. that's not going to work. Like, when you're a big leaguer, yeah, like, there's going to be Eggo waffles for Bryce Harper at every game. Like, he's not, like, no one's going to forget the Eggo waffles. But like the brown M&M's and yeah. Helen's Rider or whatever. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Cool. It, and, but the, the issue that you run into is that, especially for amateur and minor league players, you don't get all that stuff. You don't get the handouts. So, no one's bringing you Eggo. Right, exactly. And even when you're at the higher levels, they're not going to do that. It, you're still a minor league. And that's like, you have to do things, you have to do superstitions that are not a hindrance. Um, and there was another video essay that I did about rain delays. And that's where I start, and I think they both apply to each other. It's about having an internal locus of control versus an external locus of control. Internal locus of control meaning that you believe you are in control of everything that happens to you and the result of that. External locus of control is the belief that things happen because they're outside of you. So um, the reason why I hit a home run today is because I... You know, tapped or I, I tapped my bat on my cleats twice instead of three times today, right? Something so irrational like that, but it's that, it's that cause and effect that we can't separate as humans. It's, it's very instinctual to say, you know, I touch fire, fire burns me. Therefore, and make that. Um, I think it's causal. I forget what it is, um, but it's in the video. Uh, but. Yeah, it's 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 so fascinating to see that, um, and that gets into emotional intelligence too, which is um, how what how am I feeling and why am I feeling this way and what can I do to change it? Um, if you look at the research, pitchers actually have a higher emotional intelligence, and I I think that's because they're in control of the game, right? They have the ball, and hitters are very reactionary, whereas a pitcher knows exactly what's going on. The game does not start until the pitcher throws the ball. Um, And now I think uh, it's very interesting to see if that gap gets even further because of the pace of game rules, because most of those go to the hitter, not the pitcher. Right, so the the hitter can't step out and make a game on his timing, right, because he's going to get an automatic strike or whatever. Exactly. Um, Well, I, I... Again, I want to get back to the the homelessness aspect of it, but I'm so fascinated by this. I mean, now, so mental skills is really like an up and coming field in in baseball right now. Every oh, yeah. team has you know mental skills coaches, uh, therapists, all all those things, people to help. I think you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, it was like, hey kid, either you've got what it takes or you don't. And yeah. now there are people who are trying to figure out, okay, like what is it about your superstitions that helps you? You know, helps you function or cripples you in some cases. Is that something you think about for the future? Maybe like looking into a, a position like that, like moving into that direction. Um, I actually, before I signed with the Giants, I got accepted into Boston University's uh, master's program for sports psych. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, I decided not to go, obviously. And then now I look at it, I'm like, 
it's a lot of money. Mm -hmm. So I'm probably not going to do that. I, I really like uh, what's going on with the YouTube channel and sticking with that. But we have two really good um, sports site guys. Uh, we have uh, Bob Tewksbury on the uh, on the um, Major League side, who I actually met back when I was 16 years old, and I've known him since then uh, because. I used to be the so we used to host players in Port. I grew up in Portland, Maine. Affiliate, the Sea Dogs, the Double A affiliate for the Red Sox. So we used to host guys, but then also I eventually became the bullpen catcher for them oh, back nice. in high school. Yeah, so that was kind of like my first experience with minor league baseball, and Bob Tewksbury was there. Um, so I met him, and then he helped us out at Boston College a little bit too. Um, but and then we also on the minor league side we have Dr. Jim Aframo, uh, author of the Champions Mind. Yeah, the Champions Mind. Um, he's great, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's definitely a field that uh, is crazy to think about. The mind is so complex, um, you know. But there's also that. Like what you were saying is that it's like oh like you like that like grinded out mindset or what, like that very like old school mindset that right they would just say have. okay this guy's got the yips he doesn't have what it takes so yeah. I was actually just uh, talking about this there's uh, Mike Reinhold he's a physical therapist in the Boston area he used to be with the Red Sox and he has a podcast I was listening to his podcast so he was talking about the yips and how a lot of that actually has to do with your thoracic outlet and not about mental issues interesting right so it's so when someone's telling you oh you know yips it's all mental it's all mental like can you imagine that as a player when really it's just a physical well then thing. it becomes mental right, right? exactly yeah. it's a self-fulfilling prophecy so it's so it's so amazing that it could just be a physical thing that's affecting your throwing mechanics and causing that so um, it is definitely an upcoming field, and I think it's, and it gets into what I was talking about before about how these different, they're, they're not siloing themselves anymore in these, these different departments, right? So you have PTs now talking about mental performance and the overlap there, and I think that is where sports is going to grow, and especially baseball, um, you're seeing a lot of changes like that. So. Back to the yeah. back to the money thing, right? Yeah. Because you're one of very, very few minor leaguers who have spoken publicly about the conditions of minor league life, right? Take take us through for those of us who haven't read or haven't seen some of the videos. What is what is your living situation going to look? What does your living situation look like right now in spring training? Wow. Uh, well, my living situation is really nice right now. I am living in Paradise Valley. Okay. With a which is like a baller ass suburb of Phoenix. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's amazing. I live with uh, this family that I met through Boston College uh, baseball, and uh, they're amazing. So there's they have their house, their mansion, really. Mm -hmm. Then the the grandparents stay in the casita, and then there's the exercise room, which is its own building, and that's the one I stay in. So you have like your own little couch. my own yeah. And it's got a pull-out couch, um, walk-in closet, and a full bath with a steam shower. Like I'm, I'm not slumming it. Okay. I'm not slumming it. Yeah. Um, but you have slummed it. Uh, yeah. And uh, that's that's what's so exciting about this profession is that you are, you're, you're constantly on the move. It's, it's a lifestyle that I'm just so used to now. And. You definitely take like a very minimalist approach to everything. Like if I can't fit everything in my car that I own, 
then I probably need to get rid of some stuff. So, I mean, you don't know yet where you'll be to start the year. No, and that's exciting, but, um, you know, it's, so when you're in Augusta, they have, uh, they don't have host families, because uh, it's pretty inexpensive to live there, so guys bunk up. Um, so we had four guys in a two-bedroom apartment, but that's fine because we're there half the time anyway, and the other half we're on the road, so. So you don't, I mean, because, my take would be, and this is, again, for the podcasters, this is Ted Berg of USA Laser speaking, not Matt Perret of the San Francisco Giants organization. I think it seems like bullshit that guys don't get nearly enough money, right? It's a, you're talking about a $10 billion industry and guys in the minors who are making essentially less than minimum wage. Does that ever make you angry? No, well, here's the thing, and I, I mentioned this in the Minor Leaguers Need Your Help video that I did, basically the Sarah McLaughlin, Sally Struthers parody right. uh, about minor leaguers, is that um, Ty wasn't born into this life. He chose this life, right? right? And, it, and it's true, and that and that's seriously, like, I mean that. Like, you don't have to play. These guys don't have to play. Um, it's not meant to be that. It, you're meant to be incentivized to move up in levels because you get paid more and more the more you go up. And that's if you were being if you were able to live very comfortably at these levels, where would be your incentive? Where would be your extrinsic motivation to get better? Sure, you have the intrinsic motivation that you've had since you were a kid to be better, but things change in your life that where money is a factor in your decisions that you make, and that's not to say, oh, you don't love the game, that's a mature decision. And some guys do have to stop playing, and that's okay. That's, not everyone's gonna make the major leagues. But I think it's, it's uh, really crucial to realize that, guys, it, you don't have to play, and I think the system makes sense where, like, if you're incentivizing these players to get better, you're going to put a better product out on the field in the yeah. major leagues, which is the ultimate goal. So now having said that also is that the Giants do an unreal job of taking care of us and making all the distractions off the field completely gone. It's like, um, you know, when it comes to food, we are one of, if not the best fed organization um, out of all the 30 teams. We get Whole Foods catered before and after games. I mean, it's it's unbelievable the spreads we get, and, and that's from like the bottom levels going all the way up to the top. So they feed you before the games in, in the minors, because that's not that's not the case everywhere. No, I, um, I and that's the thing is I don't know what it's like in other organizations, so I can't speak to that. But I know the Giants just do an unreal job of taking care of. So like, for example, they completely got rid of clubhouse dues for us, so now they completely play the pay the clubhouse managers. Which we, is fair. I mean, that seems good because you're I mean, you're not making that much money sure. to have to go pay the clubhouse yeah. manager. Sure, but that's it's one more thing where they're trying their best to help us out. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think they're such a great organization. Do you think that it, I mean, does that make you it sounds like it. It sounds like that makes you a little bit more motivated to help the Giants because you can see and appreciate, okay, this is a team that's doing something. Oh yeah, like just the the amount of respect I have for them is, uh, it's, uh, yeah, un unbelievable, unbelievable amount. Well, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. It is, it's, a, it's being part of an organization where you know that no matter what, you're trying to help the organization win, whether that be at the, because it still matters, like if you're, if you're helping other guys develop, right, so if you're a player that's not a prospect like me, 
that doesn't mean that your role, you're not helping the major league team win in some way, right? Because you influence the people around you. Well, absolutely, right? I mean, I, I, I assume you've played with guys, have you played with guys who have made it in the yes. majors? Yes, Right? So, all of those guys were your teammate, all of those guys, maybe they drove yeah. you in, maybe they, maybe you drove them in or yeah. gave them an opportunity. So basically, like, what I'm saying is they're all in the major leagues because of me, right? Right. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, that's, that's it's, then you, it sounds silly, right? But, but... I mean, they're going to send down, at some point you're going to play with a rehabbing major leaguer, right? And that guy's going to need a minor league team around him to get his skills right. And he's going to need a catcher, right? Like yes. the rehabbing pitcher who needs a catcher, and it might not be in Augusta, right? Because the Giants are going to send him to somewhere in California. Right. But uh, a rehabbing pitcher needs a catcher, or there's going to be a lot of pass balls, right? So to me, I would say that's why minor leaguers deserve more money, right? Is because there is a little bit of the, the big league team is now profiting off, and I get what you're saying about the incentivizing thing, right? Like, that's true. But also, they're making a lot of money off your hard work, and you're not getting a lot of that. But that's that's where I I just think that... You don't have to agree with me. I'm yeah, just no, saying. I, I don't. I, and that's, yeah, like you said, that's okay. Um, I just know I love where I'm at, and the situation that I'm in, I wouldn't trade it. For anything. Yeah, I mean, uh, you get to play baseball with your friends for a life, right? Yes. That's pretty dope. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I play baseball with my friends for free. I don't, you know, and I don't get to get food before it. I do it. I pay money to do it. Um, so no, I, I appreciate that. It's probably a heck of a lot of fun, right? But at some point, I think you know, like you said, like guys with different. So you're a single guy. Um, do you see in the future maybe? If you had a family, if you did have a few more responsibilities or responsibilities to more people, why it might be so challenging to sort of make the minor leagues work? Oh, definitely, yeah. Um, and those are the sacrifices that, you know, we all have to make, right? Um, I look at it um, similar to L.A. Like, I made a, a bunch of trips uh, to L.A. because of the YouTube channel uh, recently. And you, everyone in L.A., has made some sort of sacrifice to do what they're doing because they want to pursue their dream, right? And I, I'd say that's the same thing with on the, you know, the minor league side is that it's so amazing to be around people who are, you know, that every single one of them has sacrificed something to be where they are right now. Let's talk more about the YouTube channel. You mentioned big things sort of happening. What's what's going? On? What's next for that? Yeah, so um, I'm actually talking with this company. I can't say who yet, but. Um, this off-season, uh, I'll be uh, probably hosting a show. Cool. Uh, yeah, I can't say what or with who yet, but probably be hosting a show and helping develop that show. Um, do you see that as part of your future, doing more comedy, doing more videos? Yeah, I love it. I love being in front of the camera. Um, yeah, it's, oh, gosh, it's so much fun. I, and it's such a great outlet for off the field too. Um, you know, we had uh, we had a bunch of former major leaguers come in. You know, some of the giant greats come in and talk about how. So Jock Jones made an appearance. Oh yeah, Jock Jones in one of the videos. But having these guys, they come in and just talk to us about how important it is to have um, an outlet off the field to just. You're thinking about baseball, baseball, baseball. But where am I going to be this year? What's what's going to happen? Who's going to be where? And it's like it's so emotionally exhausting. Like just to separate yourself. And I learned to do that back in college, 
I didn't live with baseball players in college. Um, I just wanted to separate myself. Like that's where I see them at the field, and then that was it. And then I go to my friends who are honor students, and now they're killing it right now in Boston. But they're. Uh, yeah, one's a doctor, one's a lawyer, one works for the Federal Reserve. It's crazy. Right. Yeah, so they're killing it, and I'm, you know, not making as much as them, but, but it's still cool. But it's you're still, playing baseball, yeah. right? Like, yeah. You know, and, I, and that's the thing, right? It's like, it's, because I actually, so my wife's a doctor, so I have... Uh, I, I have a lot of interactions with doctors who sort of are like, oh, how are sports going for you? <laughs> and I feel like, end of the day, a lot of them would trade their medical degree for an opportunity to write about baseball for a yeah, long yeah. life, right? <laughs> yeah, um, but they, uh, yeah, they. I mean, they were actually a reason why I was so motivated in college to to care about off the field stuff and, and just my academics. They really got me invested in my academics. Whereas my freshman year, just getting drafted, playing on the Cape, you know, being in the, I got an award there. Like I was, I was riding high. And then uh, sophomore year, I had knee surgery. Okay. So. And then I was like, whoa, okay, like... Cut you down to size. Yeah, yeah. My, my career could end at any moment. And that's when it was like, okay, you start investing in yourself off the field. What do your teammates say about the videos? Uh, they love them. It's, you know what's hard, though, is to get them in front of the camera. Well, the 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 bad bod one. I, yes. I assume those are some. Were this so? Um, so man had a video. Uh, it was a bad blood parody um, of the the, the Taylor Swift song, and it's sort of a. I guess it's sort of an inside baseball term. Is like the bad body bullpen guy, especially like. And you'll see in every, especially big league clubhouses, there will be like two or three sort of larger dudes who sort of take pride in not being the most physically fit guys on the team. Um, um, so yeah, but they call them power pouches. Okay. Yeah, you got a power pouch, so that means you can throw harder. And you got some guys showing off their power pouches in the video. Yes, yeah. Um, gosh, that was a lot of work to shoot. That was a lot of uh, after the games um, shooting, because that would be the only time I could I could do it. Um, and that's why it was a lot harder to shoot sketches during the season, and why I opted to do more like vlogging with the camera just in my face, like showing what minor league baseball life is like. Um, what's you got any sketches in the works? So yeah, so I have one coming up that I'm filming with Brett Phillips. Okay, uh, does he laugh? It is about his laugh. Yeah, <laughs> okay. I'm not gonna spoil it. I don't want to spoil it. All right, but uh, and then I have uh, one that I'm planning with Tyler Beatty. Okay. Um, I don't know Tyler. Tyler Beatty, he's a prospect. He's our number one prospect with the Giants. Um, he raps. He's, he's a rapper. Well? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So he's actually doing a collab with uh, Smash Mouth. They make do freestyle in the clubhouse. Yeah, so I had him... I had him freestyle on my live show, so I have a live show over on Facebook every Monday, and I had him on as a guest, where he freestyled based on the comments section what people recommended he rap about. I believe I saw that, yeah. and that's incredible. Uh, where can people find all of your stuff? So they can find it um, over on YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash Matty Pere, M-A-T-T-Y-P-A-R-E, um, and then Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash homeless minor leaguer. Uh, you could also Twitter, That's Twitter's the, where I'm most active uh, on social media, and that's just hip hip underscore Pere, just to let people know how to pronounce my name. 
a little bit. But uh, yeah, that would be those are all the places where you can catch my content. Matt, thanks so much for doing this. Thanks for having me. This was a blast. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans proudly supports the For the Win podcast. When it comes to the big decision of choosing a mortgage lender, it's important to work with someone you can trust who has your best interests in mind. With Rocket Mortgage, you'll get a transparent online process that gives you the confidence to make an informed decision. Don't waste time searching through stacks of paperwork. With Rocket Mortgage, you could securely share your financial info to get a mortgage approval in minutes. You can even adjust the rate and length of your loan in real time to make sure you get the mortgage solution that's right for you. Whether you're looking to buy a home or refinance your existing mortgage, you can lift the burden of getting a home loan with Rocket Mortgage. Skip the bank, skip the waiting, and go completely online at quickenloans.com FTW. That's quickenloans.com FTW. Equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states. NMLSconsumeraccess.org, number 3030. Hemel, what's up? How are you? How's vacation? I'm doing well. Uh, uh, I am currently in southern, U I guess not even southern Utah, like central, central eastern Utah in, in Moab, uh, and just got here from the Grand Canyon yesterday, and thus far enjoying my time. Uh, we're about to hit uh, Arches National Park today, I believe. Wow, so you so you were out in Arizona for spring training, correct? I was, and and that's where I should say actually I wanted to mention on the on the interview yeah. with Matt Perret, uh the reason for the the noise in the background was that we were in a uh, fairly busy Scottsdale coffee house. So you'll hear. Uh, I mean, I, ideally it wasn't so bad, and I listened to it through, and it didn't sound uh, too jarring at any points. But a couple times you hear like steam in the background. At one point, uh, one of the coffee shop employees randomly started dragging chairs around which wasn't <laughs> but yeah so I was in Arizona and for like nine ten days covering spring training and then my wife flew in and met me there in Phoenix spent the night in Phoenix and then we drove up to the Grand Canyon nice so Matt Perry sounds like a guy who is enjoying his time in the minor leagues so. he is it's cool you know I, I I write a lot about sort of the struggles for minor leaguers, and, and like I said to him, I do think it's sort of nonsense that in a $10 billion industry they can't afford to even come up with minimum wage for these guys who sort of form the backbone of baseball and do you know help guys make it to the major leagues and do help rehabbing major leaguers and you know now in spring training catch the major league pitchers and everything like that but his perspective and and obviously as a guy who's actually doing it you have to you have to value that is that mm -hmm. it's awesome you get to play baseball with your friends and he's a you know a young single guy with a college degree i think he feels pretty confident He's got options in life, and he doesn't have like a the huge. I don't want to speak for him, but it doesn't seem like he has like the burden of responsibility that some you know guys who are married with a bunch of kids might have. And so you know, why not enjoy your time playing minor league baseball as long as you can? No, I mean that sounds great. It also is a, a part of uh, his story is a little bit different than I think a lot of other guys, just because he was able to go to college and get a college degree. So he's pretty well set up for the rest of his future, um, aside from maybe other guys aren't in that great of a position. Yeah, and I think, you know, I, there's, a, there's a give and take to it from guys I've spoken to. Like, you do, I think uh, you get to a sense, and I think everybody has this in every career for mm -hmm. a lot of people. You get to a point when you hit your late 20s or early 30s and you think, like, 
well, man, now I'm in it, right? Like, now I've been doing this for so long that if I were to start a different career, if I were to, find, like, say I don't want to do this anymore, then i got to start at the very beginning. And, yeah. you know, even with a degree, I don't think it makes that big of a difference. But mm -hmm. Matt's point is that, you know, playing professional baseball is such an unusual thing that it does sort of open up doors. Like I and and I spoke to him for a while afterwards, and he said, like when you when you talk to someone, you and you, you submit a resume, or you're trying to make a connection, and you say like I'm a minor league baseball player, everyone's got a baseball story. Everyone's eager to talk to you because it's cool. Because that's a cool. It thing is cool. To do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what? Oh, I was gonna say, who's the? We're like the old minor league guys, right? Like you said, this guy's pretty young, and he knows he's gonna transition out. Um, have you? seen just guys in, like whose entire careers are in the minor leagues and that's just what they're going to do yeah yeah I mean so so the thing is so players sign their original deal I think covers the first seven years of their okay. pro career or six years or seven years of pro career and that's when they really don't make any money once mm -hmm. they've been and, and for a lot of guys after that original contract because of the spike in salary that's going to come, then they then they can't find another job in, in playing minor league baseball. For the guys who can, who aren't major leaguers, once they get past that first pro contract, they sign minor league free agent deals, and those tend to be better paying. Again, not great paying, but maybe you're making you know seventy, eighty, ninety grand, and then I don't know, twenty nine years old, making eight, twenty, eighty grand to play baseball for a living. Like that's a that's a pretty good deal, you know. Yeah, so, that's not bad. Um, the problem is obviously it doesn't last forever, right? You're not going to make it past thirty seven doing that, and so it's not a great long term plan, but. It's not the worst thing either. Like I, I had uh, with the Mets uh, when I was covering the Mets exclusively. The Mets had a minor leaguer who was a minor league free agent named Valentino Pescucci, and I sort of became fixated with it's the guy. It's a great name, by the way. It's a great name. Great name. Huge guy. Like he's a he's about like six five, two sixty or something, and and just had mammoth power. And so every mm -hmm. year he'd hit thirty five home runs in AAA, and he'd always win the AAA home run derby. And the Mets would, and this is like talking 2007, 2008, it was especially in 2008, the Mets just had a bunch of total scrubs on their bench who couldn't hit, and they were, they wound up losing, they wound up missing the postseason by one game, so I will go to my grave maintaining that they might have, that they would have made the playoffs if they had just, you know, cut the likes of Marlon Anderson, who's an extremely nice guy, and and brought up Pescucci because he could at least hit a bit. And so in in the course of be making this whole campaign on behalf of Vascucci. I got to meet the guy a few times and, you know, talk to him in spring training a few times and talk to him in the minors and, and talk to him on the phone. And, you know, his his take always seemed like, well, man, like, hitting home runs is awesome. I'm really good at it. I, if it's fun to win the AAA home run derby every year. Like, yeah, I absolutely want to play in the major leagues. Everybody playing baseball wants to play in the major leagues. But if this is my lot, like, that's cool. And then eventually, and he was a guy who, who like, again, he, you know, to be doing it into your 30s, you have to love it. And it seemed like he right. loved it. And I remember seeing him, like, you, I would go to spring training, and before the Mets minor league report date, they would have sort of their top prospects in camp. And, you know, it was it's something they call step camp. 
and it would be all these 19 to 22 year old prospects and Pascucci would just be hanging around because it was something he liked to do and like so you'd see like these boys you know and then this like yeah. one giant 34 year old dude hitting mammoth homers <laughs> and and ultimately I think you know that type of experience led him to go into coaching and now he's like a very uh, well regarded hitting coach in the Mets system and so I think you know for a lot of guys that's sort of the if, if you're really a lifer and, and you've really been doing it for a while that's the path it takes and for other guys it becomes you know coaching at a high school or coaching in college or teaching lessons there are so many you know in the Northeast I don't think we get it as much but uh, certainly where you, where you are and I'm sure in Virginia there are some there there are an increasing number of baseball facilities where it's like batting cage and pitching tunnel and baseball training type thing yeah. I think uh, it's a little bit it's actually a little bit problematic I think to me because it means it's part of why you kind of need money to succeed in baseball now or at least for for the most part uh, it has become what uh, I, I believe it was Rob Manfred the commissioner sort of called like a country club sport but because there are these baseball facilities, I, I think it it is an option for guys who played professionally after their careers. They can they can catch on somewhere as a trainer or as a coach. Uh, I would hope you know if they're good communicators, without too much difficulty. The the more complicated issues are for the one the guys who come over as Dominican guys at 16 years old and don't necessarily get high school degrees and don't necessarily learn to speak great English and right. if they flame out after two or three years then it's tougher to sort of figure out what to do you know now and now uh, teams have all taken a lot of measures by this point to help those guys out so teams do offer degree programs 